Blog Talk Radio. Deliverance.com here on blogtalkradio.com. This is Stephen Lee, and I'll be your host for the next hour or so. Now, if you're listening to us <clears throat> via the simulcast during the hours of 9 o'clock p.m. and 11 o'clock p.m. on Monday evenings, we're so glad to have you. But if you're listening to us on any other social media platforms and or any other times during the week, please contact us here at livedeliverance.com and give us the times, dates, and locations of platforms that you're listening to us on. Although we would love to proliferate the airways, we must do it legally, ethically, and in righteousness. If you hear our content through any other means, it is the result of Internet piracy and copyright infringement. And all those who participate in any Internet piracy can be persecuted, uh, prosecuted by a federal agent. <laughs> Having said all that, now we can get to the business of the kingdom. So go ahead and get a pen and some paper. And if you have any comments or any questions about the ministry tonight, when we get to the end of the broadcast, we'll give you an opportunity to ask those questions and make those comments. So now, if you would, join your hearts with me in a word of prayer as we sanctify this time together. Father, I ask you to speak to me so that I can hear. Awaken me the mind of Christ. Open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your word. Breathe on me. And speak to me so that I can so that I can hear. That the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Flow through me and cause me to move by your spirit. Let healing and deliverance break forth in this place and this time. Because of your word, your spirit, and your love. Live big in me. And I'll decrease so that you can increase. Holy Spirit, glorify Jesus in my life as I now share the living word, the bread of life. Jesus revealed to us the Father. And draw us into his presence where there is fullness of joy. Heavenly Father, quiet our hearts and minds as we allow the peace of God to rule in our lives. 
Cause us to grow in the grace that has appeared unto all men as you teach us how we should live in this present world. May we now awake to righteousness and slumber no more by walking in the spirit and in the fullness of his grace as we sojourn in the land of promise, going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. For you've made us more than conquerors in this life through Christ Jesus. So speak to our spirit and birth victory in our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Well, beloved, today we want to get into a study that deals with your victory is guaranteed. As we go through life, God has equipped us with a plan, a process, and provisions that will make our walk easy, filled with light. That's what he says in Matthew chapter 11, uh, verses 28 through 30. He says, come unto me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Yet, as believers, we see people struggle and wander around in the fog that doesn't resemble the inheritance which God has left for us. Part of this challenge would be that we lie in a place where we don't have the assurance of the covenant that it provides. So I'd like for you to, to, to while we're here, I want to dig into that um that covenant give us an understanding uh, there was a song back in the day and i like to remind you of it. it the song was blessed assurance this song came out around 1820 and it has been uh repeated and written in over a thousand uh different song books in multiple languages around the world and the text of it is just something I want us to think about because it was different. It says, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchased of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect communion, perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of love. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Now, I'm not trying to just take you down memory lane, you know, but it's interesting to me that the songs of that day, they came from sacred text, not just from experiential expressions that change with the wind. Even though times were hard, their hope was built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. So you, your victory is guaranteed. We are in this season where we're thinking about Easter, and, and, and that's good, Resurrection Sunday, that's good. But see, a lot of us just look at it as a, another holiday, but it wasn't. 
See, that, that song was what was reminding, it's, it's, it's born of his spirit. We, we, we were bought by his blood. So then we would need to know what the blood actually uh, procured for us. See, Easter was not just a, a holiday that mm-hmm, people get to um, look, look their best, get all their Easter clothes and all of those things. And, no, 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 no. It was a, a point that a time in, 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 in our lives that would point us back to the cross, point us back to what the blood of Jesus actually did. See, it, it, it's necessary for us to understand that the blood is what gave us our victory. See, and I mean, not just the, the, the statement of the blood, or the song, you know, I know it was the blood. No, no, no. We need to find out what that is. This is the, the covenant relationship that God is, is trying to get over to us again, to open up to us. Because when we see how covenant was structured and the blessing in that structure, then it changes things. See, we, the, the, the word of God is backed by blood. Okay? And on earth, it's just one interesting thing I thought about. On the earth, the blood covenant is the highest form of covenant that we know of. And that's good. We're going to dig into that. But in heaven, it's his word. The Bible says that he has exalted his word above everything. See? Because it's not possible that God could lie. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Shall he not make it good? Has he not spoken it? Shall he not bring it to pass? See, his word is the covenant that we're going to have to address and and apply in our lives. So the, the, the blood covenant is what would establish it on the earth. But heavenly, it's his word. And we need to begin to to look at that, understand that, walk in that, have assurance of that. See, these are not things that are just said because they sound good, okay? There's power behind those words, okay? And then we, we, we need to, to really get to that place, that, that, that we understand that, that we want to see that. All right? See, that's where we're supposed to live. In him, we live. In him, we move. In him, we have our being. Okay? So um, we're going to kind of study some things about the, the, the blood covenant. We're going to get a knowledge of, of, of the blood covenant because it not only gives us hope, it gives us our victory. Amen. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. God is trying to get us, needing to get us to the point where our our words are just as effective on the earth as his word is effective in heaven. Jesus taught us to even pray this way. Pray that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's trying to get us to have that that understanding that that once we release a word from our our, our lips, that the power in that word that's in our heart, okay, that's the way it's supposed to work, beloved. 
the, the, the truth that's in your heart should be released by your mouth and enjoyed in your life. I'll say that again. The truth that is in your heart should be released by your mouth and enjoyed throughout your life. Okay? See, we've got to, we are not begging when we release the word of God. Okay? This is because your, your victory is guaranteed. See, so we're going to have to go back to the place where we understand that that we look at uh, covenant promises and understand that they're based on a better covenant. We're going to look at uh, uh, the Abraham, Abrahamic covenant, and we, we, we uh, deal and dab in the divinic covenant, David's covenant, but the Jesus covenant that he has is a better covenant. It's based on better promises. One of the things that we need to understand why it's based on better promises is because it is an everlasting covenant. See, the Abrahamic covenant gave way to the divinic covenant, which then gave way to the covenant of Jesus, which is his kingdom is going to last forever. The increase of his government is not going to ever stop. There will not be an end to his government. See? And and that's what we need to begin to, to process as we as we apply the pressure to the situations in our lives, applying the pressure to those situations based on blood, based on a settled word. Okay? Because his word is forever settled in heaven. Forever, there is not a situation that would ever come up that cannot be altered by the word of God. There is not one. I don't care what we face, okay? It's all going to, as we understand, every tongue shall confess. Every knee shall bow, okay? Every, okay? So then as we get that, sometimes it just goes over our head because we think that it's just a nice saying. But he said every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. So the things that you hear that the devil is telling you is going to be the end of you, okay, that that you can't get out of this. Every tongue is going to confess, say that Jesus is Lord, every tongue. So that lying spirit that's talking to you that says this is it, though it's going to have to come to the place where it recognizes the authority that heaven has already released in the earth through what you believe and what you say. See, that's how this thing has to work. That's why Jesus said in Mark 11, if you would believe the things that you say are going to come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say it. This is having or utilizing the faith of God. That's what he told us to do. Have faith in God is literally translated, have the faith of God. For whosoever saith unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, that's what you're going to get. It would obey him. See? But we've got to get to the place where that's not just something that we quote because it sounded good. We have to then believe that the things that I say will come to pass, and if I, as I do that, I will have what? 
whatsoever I saith. I love that. See, he's put the power in your grasp. Because, again, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who did not think it was robbery to be equal with God. But he didn't make himself of any reputation. But then it says, because of this, God has not just exalted him, God has highly exalted him. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue shall confess. See? So then you won't continue to hear that lie of, of, of this is the, the thing that's going to defeat you or this is the thing that's going to stop you. Beloved, you are unstoppable. The only person that can stop you is you. Amen. The devil has been placed under your feet. Amen. That's what Jesus did. The, 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 the God of peace is going to bruise Satan under your heels shortly. Amen. We know Jesus as the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Peace. And he's going to rule Satan under your heels shortly. So then, let me just make sure I'm understanding. As Jesus has placed him under our feet, why do we then let him roam around all up in our life? Amen. We shouldn't do that. We should then remind him. I, I, I say this all the time. If the devil is reminding you of your past, the things that you did that, 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 that were failures or whatever, I need for you to remind him of his future. Amen. Because his future is sealed. There is no altering that. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every. See? This is where God has called you to be positioned above only and not beneath, the head and not the tail. He's positioned you there, okay? That was through covenant. We're going to get into that. In Ephesians chapter 2, chapter 2, verses 10, and we're going to go through that to, to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. We need to see ourselves here, and then I'm going to try to show you how you were placed there, how it came to pass. Okay? It says in verse 10 of chapter 2, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. That God, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Okay? You are his workmanship. You are his masterpiece. Glory to God. The one, one version says it that way. You are his masterpiece. So then because you are his masterpiece, so that I understand, masterpiece is, is telling us that it was something that was done on purpose and it was done in excellency. Beloved, you are not an accident. Okay? 
This is why we need to stop listening at the devil as, as, and reminding us about all the things that we did that was wrong. Please hear him. You are his masterpiece, and this masterpiece was created in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. It was created in perfection. Amen. See, what the devil does is he tries to remind you, um, you know, because people, they'll read the scripture not understanding that the scripture uh, uh, that is stated, you have to read the rest of it. You just can't read that part and, and expect that to be it. Because I know you're going to quote, we're going to look at it just since you're here. We're going to just go on and look at it. People are going to quote in your hearing, and the devil's going to always tell you these things so that he can stop your progress. Okay, we're going back to Ephesians, but just look at uh, Romans chapter 3. Okay, this is something that the devil says and misquotes, misrepresents, and other people will say it because of... Uh, um, the position that they think they're in instead of the position, he said, you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Okay? Now, watch this. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 and following. It says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's the scripture that most people will tell you because they are not thinking about how to operate in perfection. Jesus gave us a commandment. He said, be ye therefore perfect, mature, as your Father in heaven is perfect. He said, be ye. He didn't say try ye. He said, be ye. See, but a lot of times we put those things uh, to the side because we don't think we qualify. We disqualify ourselves even though he said, you are his workmanship Created in Christ Jesus. Yeah, I mean, you, we need to get this. You're not a mistake. You are not a sinner saved by grace. Amen. You are his workmanship that was created in Christ Jesus, which God before ordained, so, so let's, let's get that so we can understand it, which God thought about, set into motion before, which God hath before ordained. You are predestinated, predestined to do the will of God, to have and enjoy victory. You are predestined. You are called unto that. Amen. See? And so what the devil tries to do is to get you to listen to another conversation. This is what's happened from, from, from Adam to now. God asked Adam, where did you get this conversation from? Who told you you were naked? See? Because you listened to the enemy of your soul and agreed with him, and then because of the agreement of your soul, then you started uh, trying to live from a lower position. You tried to live from that agreement of the soul. Please understand, you are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. You are 
a spirit. That's the highest level of your being. But most of the time, we spend our existence in the soul realm. You are a spirit. See? You live out an earthly experience because your spirit has been produced in victory. You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. See, that should take you away from the thought process that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We, we, we didn't understand that that was half of the sentence. Let's read it so that we get it. He says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Next phrase, being justified freely by his grace. So then if you're going to read the scripture, if you're going to think about, quote, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, please know he's not finished when he said all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. Because he said the reason that that had to be, that had to be stated so that everybody can then get into the place where he called you. He said all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God so that they can be justified freely by his grace through the redemption that's in Jesus, that's in Christ Jesus. See, because if I think that somebody sinned worse than other people, that I sinned worse than everybody else, then I'm not being justified. The word justified literally means just as if I'd never sinned. Justified. See? God knew it, saw it, addressed it, and resolved it, period. The blood of Jesus saves to the uttermost. didn't matter how bad you was and how ugly, it didn't matter. The blood of Jesus saves to the uttermost. So he said, okay, good. In order to make sure I get everybody, let's make everybody guilty of sin. For all have sinned, and sin does not mean uh, it's not talking about your, um, your your do good or do bad things. It's talking about sin, the, the definition is, to be without a portion. For all have been without a portion. They left perfection and then tried to accomplish what was necessary for life, which is perfection. They tried to accomplish it on their own, and they can't do that. Why? One reason is because just intellectually you're going to have issues because you remember what you did. And you think that what you did disqualifies you. It can't. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being freely justified through his grace. Okay, let's just try to so we can see this. You know, these are things that, that, that you know, I, I know and think about all the time, but, but we have to kind of... Uh, bring our thinking into this place. If someone tells you that you are invited to a, a celebration and they give you that invitation and they say, please come as you are, okay, what do you need to qualify to be at that celebration? Absolutely nothing. Because he told you, come as you are. See? But unfortunately, we try to bring our resume into the thing. 
We say, well, okay, I, I, I got to do this right and do. I got that. You do. I got that. But you can't. You don't have the ability to to, to cleanse yourself. Last time I checked, okay, we just tried this way. Last time I checked, there are not many babies that's giving themselves a bath. They might splash around in the water. That's cute. But they're not cleaning themselves, are they? Amen. That process is done by someone else, someone that loves them more than they do. How about that one, y'all? The parent loves the baby more than the baby does, so the parent cleans the baby. Amen. So then if we know that we are not able, if you confess your sins, then God is faithful and just to do what? To forgive you and he cleanses you from all. You know, just as I think about that, if, if, if I'm trying to cleanse me from all, I might not have the ability to forgive myself of all. I was so I so shouldn't have did that. And so then since I know I so I so shouldn't have did that, then maybe I won't forgive myself of that. But see, God does handles it differently. He says if you confess the sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of the sin and to cleanse you from A L L underline circle stars all unrighteousness. Okay? He's trying to get us to enjoy his presence because he called us into his presence. But we think that we earned our ticket to be in his presence, and since I did this, that, or the other, that was not what I was supposed to do, then I all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I, I can't walk in the glory because of the sin. Well, God called you to walk in the glory. In fact, the preordained you to walk in this glory because when you were first, uh, when you were, when man was first created, when he was first introduced, the Bible says that God crowned you with glory and honor, crowned you with it. You were supposed to walk in it because he crowned, he made you think from that perspective. Crowned, it goes on your head. He crowned you with glory and honor. See, because you are his workmanship, workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. See? So all the sin and falling short of the glory of, of, the, of God being freely justified by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be the propitiation through faith in his blood. Propitiation means that everything that was necessary for the, uh, uh, the event to be balanced to zero, God did everything so that the balance would be zero. It would be completely wiped out. If you had great sin, doesn't make a difference. He made him to be the propitiation or great sin on your behalf. Okay? So, so that you can understand that. In fact, it's not just equal to. Propitiation is more than enough. If, if um, I, I wrecked your car and 
I came to you and say, I'm sorry that I wrecked your car. Here is $45,000 for you to get your car fixed. Now, I'm talking to people of faith, but most of us don't have a $45,000 car in our driveway. But Jesus came and said, I'm going to make it so that you have no issues. I'm going to do more than enough so that your balance is zero. You end up being blessed because I love you that much. I am the propitiation of your sin. I'm not just equal to so that you can barely get No, 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 no. I am going to give more than enough on your behalf so that that will never be an issue again. Hallelujah. Yeah, the devil, who is the accuser of the brethren, can come and, and bring those thoughts, but you can say, whoa, 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 whoa. Jesus took care of that to the degree that it was more than enough paid for that incident. Amen. I just don't know too many people that's going to get mad because your $20,000 car, I gave you $45,000 to repair it. And most of us with that kind of a, 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 an opportunity probably won't repair the car. We'll just go right ahead and replace it. And that's what Jesus did. He replaced your life. Glory to God. Amen. Restored. Say, nothing missing, nothing broken. That's what Jesus did for you. That, that's a, a blood-bought saint. You, you, you're not a barely get-along saint. You are a blood-bought saint. It was more than enough. The blood was more than enough than you would need to make the scales equal. Amen. You, you have that which is now exceedingly abundantly. Amen. That's the way God does for us. He doesn't just, he's not a barely get along guy. See, he always wants to increase you more and more, a thousand times. See, because he wants you to be able to think thoughts that are higher. That's why he said that to you in Isaiah 55. See, he wants you to think elevated thoughts. He, he, he does not just redeem you from your past. He obliterates your past. Just so that you can kind of hear this, he says things like, your sins will I remember no more. Why, God? Because I've covered them with more than enough. I am the propitiation for that. I'm not just the equal to. I am the above that which is necessary so that you can never walk in condemnation about that because I have paid for it over and above. I am the propitiation for your sin. So with that in mind, beloved, why do we spend more time thinking about our sin as if there was a, 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 a balance due for payment? No, Jesus paid it all. Amen. Say, he, he, he will not leave you in the position where the enemy can, can, can bring accusation against you in your own heart. If you decide to walk free, bless the Lord God, your freedom has been paid for. Amen. Nothing owed on your freedom. 
he's able to save to the uttermost. See? And so sometimes in our lives, we kind of think that, you know, well, I've got to now earn it. You, you can't earn it. It's not possible for you to earn it. One reason that you don't have to earn it is because it's already been paid for. He gave you an invitation to this celebration, and your invitation was fully paid for. Well, let's do it this way. He, he gave you this invitation to the celebration, and he's going to cause you to seat in the seat of honor. Glory to God. Please see that. You've been made to sit together in heavenly places next to the one that's hosting the party in Christ Jesus. Come on, do you see that? He didn't put you way down at the end of the table so nobody, no, 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 no. He set you right next to the, 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 the person that's hosting the whole event. Glory to God. So, I mean, if you would see that, that is the seat of honor. See, so from that position, oh, God, just, just kind of look at that image, if you would. He put you there so that he can have conversations with you that's at a different level. He's not talking to you in that seat about, well, barely get along. He made you kings and priests. He made you a joint heir. Hallelujah. You are not a sub heir. You are a joint heir. You have the same rights and ability to say what the host says about what's next. If you want to have your, your dessert before your meal because you've been placed in that seat of, of honor, you get to do that. Amen. Did he not tell you that he would set before you a table in the very presence of your enemy? So then the table that he's given you is not a table that's lacking. It is a table of supply. So then you get to enjoy whatever your desire is because he puts you at the table of honor. I'm hoping that you get this. You you don't expect, if you're sitting in the seat of honor, you don't expect to say, I, I, I think I want some water and not get it. That cannot happen, beloved. If you are at the seat of honor, then if you say it, that's what you get. It, it doesn't make a difference how you get it. This is what God says. If you would delight yourselves in the Lord, then he would be able to give you the desires of your heart. He put you in a place where all of the promises of God are yes, and in him they are amen, so be it. All of them are that. So then you cannot ask for something in the seat of honor that it will not be a privilege for you to enjoy. It cannot happen, beloved. That's not a position of pride. It causes great humility when you recognize he loved me this much. To sit me here and make me a joint heir. I would recommend that since he's made you a joint heir, that you begin to learn how to function as a joint 
air. Maybe I'll get back and look at Mephibosheth when, when, when David said to the man that was in a bad position all over the place, wasn't nothing going right for the man. He was, he was living below his privilege. He was a king's kid. See? But because of an injury, he was used to living by just whatever can, can happen. And then David said, show me, I need to show honor to the, to the house of, of Saul. I, I need to show honor to Jonathan's son. I, I just need to do that. He said, is there anybody I can show this agape, Hasid? Is there anybody here? And they said, there's this Mephibosheth. Uh, and then they said, well, go get him. And he got him. And next thing David said is now because of me having this honor and putting you in this position, now you will always eat at the king's table. Which means that if you want a specialty meal made, you sit at the king's table, get ready to eat it. See, we need to now learn how to be the co- the joint heir. We need to learn how to live that way. See, and again, Jesus is sitting right next to you. The same way that, that John, the disciple that Jesus loved, was, was, was leaning on his breast to talk to him. This is what the honor that you have, that you can just lean over and talk to Jesus about whatever it is that you have in your heart. You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. And you've been freely justified by his grace through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. To declare, He sent Jesus here to declare. Let's look at it again. He said, for all the sin and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare. So Jesus is there to say things about you, for you, to declare. And what is he going to declare? He's going to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. I mean, do you get that? You're sitting next to him, and he's going to declare righteousness over you, for you, because of what? Because the remission of sins that are passed has already happened through the forbearance of God. Okay, okay. See, this ain't just something that um, I want to happen. Jesus is here to declare that righteousness is established and released for me because God agreed to this through the forbearance of God. You see, everybody that needs to be involved in this is involved in this. Jesus is involved, God is involved, and I am involved because he forgave my sin. Amen so that I can enjoy righteousness, so that I can be 
justified. Please look at that. Understand that. That's what is happening here. Through the forbearance, the remission, mm -hmm. the remission of sins. Okay, 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 okay. The remission of sins leads me to understand that these sins are not even to be talked about anymore. Amen. They are in remission. I don't have to live my life under the, 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 the penalty of those sins. They are all in remission. Okay. If, if a person has contracted uh, cancer and the cancer goes into remission, the person can now live their life as they were living it prior to because whatever was the challenge is now in remission. Amen. So then once Jesus' blood came into effect, then the thing that separated me now has gone into remission. Amen. This was done at the forbearance of God. And Jesus is now declaring things that he, okay, wow, that's good, sir. Jesus is now declaring things that he couldn't talk to us about before because our, we were deaf to it because of our sin. Okay? We were dead in trespasses and sin. There was no conversation that could take place. But now, since that has been uh, dealt with and it, it's been re the remission has taken place, now Jesus can talk to us about things that he wanted to do from the beginning of time. Because God ordained this, you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We're having conversations that were in the beginning. We're having in the beginning God conversations. Glory to God. See? I don't have to spend much time talking about all the stuff that I've messed up. No, 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 no. I'm talking from in the beginning God. When God would say stuff like, oh, and that was very good. <laughs> yeah. See? Because that, those sins, the remission of the sins has taken place. Declarations. He's talking about things. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins. I mean, just so, again, I can't, I'm, I'm trying not to run over these words. He says that he's there, the propitiation, to declare his righteousness. It's like you can actually see Jesus saying, okay, yeah, I've taken care of that. Amen. The devil's going to, he's going to come and accuse the brethren, but that's okay. Every time the devil brings accusation, Jesus presents the remission. And then he says, now, since that's in remission, I can talk to them. I can give them an understanding about their future now. I can give them an understanding about their destiny. I can give them an understanding about my promise because all of my promises are yes and so be it. Yes and amen. To declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just 
and that he might be the justifier of him that believes in Jesus. See, not only is, is he just, but he's also the justifier. Hmm. It's God says yes, Jesus says yes, I get to enjoy the conversations of the justifier. Ooh, Lord Jesus, I'm hoping that you can, can process this so that you can see how to align victory in your heart and in your life. Because whatever God has said to you and you receive in your heart should be released by your mouth so that it can be enjoyed in your life. That's the way that this works. See? He's not only just, but he's the justifier of those that believe in him. Amen. It's the same exact um, concept. Uh, when God tells you to put on the whole armor of God, he recognizes that there is going to be space between your body and the bottom of the inside of that armor. That's why he told us to take the garment of praise because praise fills that gap because God is looking for those, searching for those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. Because that seals the gap between your shoulder and the, the uh, armor plate of the armor of God. Because when the, when the devil sees that armor, he doesn't know if it's you or God in that armor. Last time he saw that armor, he got the snot beat out of it. The captivity was led captive when he saw that armor last time. And God gave us, told us to put on the, the whole armor of God. Even though it doesn't fit you the way it would fit God. But God in his infinite wisdom said if I will fill my mouth with, if I will open my mouth, he would fill it with praise so that he can cause that gap in the uh, armor to be filled. I'm hoping that you see that picture. See? I, I don't have to present myself as the one that's, that's all, uh, uh, all of that. I can just present myself as the one that has received all of that. That was worth saying. Amen. I'm not the one that's all that. I'm the one that has received all that. Okay. Again, again, this is how it's supposed to be. This is how it's supposed to be set up. That this is the propitiation that Jesus set in place. I'm the one that received all that. I didn't do all that. I simply received it. And we have received of his grace, of his fullness, grace for grace. We received, of, okay, say it again, say it again. We received of his fullness. Okay? I'm not trying to receive uh, 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 of his emptiness. I am receiving of his fullness. This was not like the last blessing that there is. Now God's empty. No, I am receiving of his fullness. Grace for grace. That's a better understanding of propitiation. Okay? It was not just barely enough. It was more than enough that I can stand now in his presence where joy has been made full and I can make declarations out of that position of joy because the joy 
of the Lord is my strength. Mm. It didn't say the joy I give the Lord. It said the joy of the Lord. Okay, do you see the difference in what was stated and sometimes how we think? See, the joy of the Lord is my strength. If you would, just like the anointing, the anointing is what God gives us, gives to us on loan. It's a smearing. It's not something that, that I initiate. It was smeared upon me. It's on loan. It's to be used for an express time. See? Because it's on loan. And it's his righteousness. It's his anointing. It's his joy. It's on loan to me. When 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 someone lets you uh, borrow or their car is, is on loan to you, wherever you take it is where the car goes. Whatever you do with the car is where the car goes. It's on loan to you. The anointing has been smeared upon you so that when you need it, wherever you're going, you will be able to utilize that anointing. You will be able to then function in that armor. The Bible says God inhabits the praise of his people. So I open my mouth. He fills it with praise so that he can inhabit the space between my shoulders and the armor plate. Glory to God. So then it that allows the armor to move exactly the same as God would move in it because he abides there. See? He inhabits that place. And then we become more sensitive to that. And so then we do what's necessary not to uh, grieve the spirit of God. We allow him to continue to cause us to increase more and more. Okay? We, we allow him to do his plan, his will. Okay? It pleases the Lord, pleases him that we would be able to function in fullness. Please him to, for, 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 to give us the whole kingdom. Say that in, 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 in Luke 12. It pleased the Father to give us the kingdom. It didn't say it pleased the Father for us to earn it. It said it pleased the Father to give us the kingdom. See? In Jesus shall all fullness dwell. That's the propitiation that he placed for us. And that propitiation, as it is done and executed, declarations are being made to declare his righteousness, to declare it. See, I did not earn it. I simply put myself in the position where God can give testimony about me. He can declare it. That's what he did for Enoch. Because before Enoch's translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. 
Where did that testimony come? It came from God. Same testimony that he made over Jesus. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Amen. Okay. So I just wanted you to see that and understand that from Ephesians chapter uh, 2, verse 10. It says that we are his workmanship, created (laughs) in Christ Jesus. I mean, y'all, we've been talking for the last hour almost about what God intended for you. When he created you, this is, we are his masterpiece. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Please, 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 please hear it and understand it. This masterpiece was not made by what you, it's not made by man's hand. Amen. It was made, created in Christ. Okay. He, he He's going to take his word and cause your heart to be enlarged so that you can receive his word so that you can function in your destiny. Okay, do you see that? As you receive his word, the Bible says in, in, Mark, in Luke chapter uh, 5 that uh, the, Jesus was there and the power of God was present to heal. 517 says the power of God, Jesus is there preaching. And as he was preaching, the power of God was present to heal, present to make things right. So that as I become more sensitive and aware of his presence, did it not tell us that in his presence is where joy is made full? So in his presence, the power to heal was there. Amen. That's why we are going to be holy, because we recognize that the anointing that's on loan is here to heal. The power of God is present to heal. When? When declarations were being made. He was preaching. And because he was preaching, making declarations, the power of God was present to heal. All right, just turn back there and see it. Luke chapter 5. Okay. Verse 17. And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching. Okay. So while declarations are being made, conversations in the spirit, while he was teaching, um, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which came out to hear of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Because of declarations that are settled in the spirit, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because of those declarations now that are being made, the power of the Lord 
was present to heal. And you do remember that um, there were times that Jesus was accustomed to this happening. In fact, in one place it said uh, he went to them as was his custom. That just when we were in chapter 4. All right, all right, all right. Back on up, see it. <laughs> chapter 4, verse 17. See, I, this is the way Jesus lives, and he's inviting us into this same thing. We are his workmanship. We were created in Christ Jesus unto good works that God before ordained that we should walk in them. Okay? Um, verse 17 of um, chapter 4. Well, back up, verse verse 14. This is after the, the fast that Jesus went on. And it says in 14, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out fame uh, of him throughout all the region about round about. And he taught in their synagogue. So when he taught in their synagogue, what was present? The power of the Lord was present to heal. Okay, just remember that. It, it, it not was a, a one-time thing. Whenever, thank you, Jesus, I will say that, whenever we are, 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 are in church and, and in a gathering where we are discussing and hearing the word of the Lord, be it known unto you, the power of the Lord is present to heal. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay? This is what happened. And... He taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And when he came to Nazareth, when he had brought, as he as he was as he, as he had been brought up, as his custom was. So these are things that Jesus put into his life on purpose, as his custom was. Okay. So, I mean, if we're looking for uh, uh, things to happen in our lives, we need to make them a part of our lives on purpose, as his custom was. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He went into the synagogue and, and on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Wait a minute. I want you to see this. See, Jesus didn't just go there accidentally. Okay, did you, did you see that? This was his custom. And he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Okay? He, he, he purposed to go to church. I, I know that, 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 that we are in the, 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 the season where COVID has changed our thinking, but we need to go and get what our custom was. That he was brought up. Come on, y'all. Please, let's look at this. It says he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. So these are things that, 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 that were part of his life. Not going to church was not part of his normal life. He was brought up going to the synagogue. Okay? This was his custom. So that I would recommend to you that, that, that if you decided that you were going to, to, to function uh, under the authority of man rather than the auspices of God, let's just get back to where it was. Go to back to the place where how he was brought up. And he, he said, okay, good. So I'm going to do what I know to do, and this is my custom. And so he went to the synagogue as his custom was. He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up for to read. 
and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, or Isaiah, and when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, recovery of the sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And when he closed the book, he gave it again to the minister, sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. See, the power of God was present to heal. I'm just trying to get you to see that and then make yourself the one that participates in that which should be a custom. He he, he said, I'm going to do what God told me to do. And what God told me to do is he told me that the spirit of God is upon me because he's anointed me to preach. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He's anointing me to do that. Why? Because he doesn't want people to function in lack. So he anointed me to go and to preach to the poor. To tell people that think they're poor, they ain't got to be poor no more. Because the anointing is here. The power of God is present to heal. His power of the Lord is present to heal poverty. Come on, come on. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted because the power of the Lord is here to heal broken hearts, disappointed people. The power of the Lord is present to heal. You know, it's the same thing that if you would recognize he's there, then you will do what many people did. They would recognize him and they would say, oh, son of David, have mercy on me. Why? Because he was there. And they knew that because he was there, the power of the Lord was there, present to heal. And Jesus would ask, what do you want? He said, that I might receive my sight. See, that they recognized, they knew the scriptures that would say that the Son of God would uh, come and he would arise with healing in his wings. That's how the lady that was, had the issue of blood came to him. And she came in the press behind. Why? Because she knew that there was healing in the wings. The wings um, were those two uh, blue tassels that were hanging down on the side of Jesus. That's what they called the wings. And the scripture said that the son son of man would have healing in his wings. So she reached to get that tassel. She touched, come on now, she touched the hem of his garment where that tassel was. She had read about it, heard about it. And so then she believed that she could be the one that's a recipient of the word that was sent to heal. And so then she touched the hill of his garment, and Jesus turned and said, well, 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 who touched me? No, come on now, Jesus, everybody touching you. He said, no, 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 no. I know someone touched me because I perceived that virtue has gone out of me. Somebody made a connection because the power of the Lord was present to heal. And she came from, she, she didn't even need to be seen. She came to the backside. See? 
Because the, 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 the power was in my submission. Oh, my God. The power was in her submission, not her position. Boy, that ought to that preach good right there. The power of the Lord was released through submission, not position. There were people that were touching him from the front, but they didn't get anything because of their position. She came in submission and received because of the heart that was reaching out to him. Because she said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I would be made whole. She rehearsed that over and over again. She said, I cannot be denied if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can connect with the promise that the Son of Man will come and he will have healing in his wings, if I can just touch the promise, because all of the promises of God are yes, and in him they are amen. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. See, there's a word, there's a word that accompanies the anointing. Remember, Jesus told us, showed us in Romans chapter 3, that we were justified freely because of declarations of righteousness. To declare, I say, his righteousness. See? So then we need to, to, to connect with that, that he's there to declare righteousness to be released in our lives, to be released for us. Come unto me, all who are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. See? You'll find rest unto your souls if you decide that you're going to listen at what I say. Take my yoke and learn. He didn't ask us to take his yoke and then talk about our bad stuff, talk about all the problems that we have. He said, take my yoke and learn of me. Okay? So we're going to have to change our conversation. When we come in contact with Jesus, there's no sense in us continually to say all of the bad stuff. He says, when you come, take my yoke, learn of me. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to pe- preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are, are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. When can we have this, Jesus? Now is the acceptable year of the Lord. You, you, your waiting can be over when you recognize that the anointing is going to be accompanied by a word and a word that is sent. He sent his word to heal me and to deliver me from all of my sickness and my disease, from all of my weakness and destruction. See, I, I recognize that there is a word that's sent, and the word is accompanied by an anointing that delivers I'll do better. It is accompanied by an anointing that destroys. Because Isaiah chapter 10, 27 says, it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. It doesn't break the yoke, beloved. It destroys it. It is the same equal to the remission of sins. Amen. That's the propitiation. See? He's not giving us equal to. He's giving us greater than. 
Amen. See, I think sometimes we are just trying to get God to do equal to. That's not the way he functions. See? He, that's sometimes the way we receive, but that's not what was sent from heaven. Amen. See, sometimes we believe for, for barely get along. But he wants to obliterate the thing that was challenging you. He wants your enemies to be under your feet. He didn't say he wants your enemies to hang around in your knees. He wants them to be under your feet, that you would walk upon the devil's head. Amen. See? I mean, he's the one that wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask and think. If you would, that's where he hangs out. Okay? He hangs out in the exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask and think. And we go to him just trying to get barely enough to take care of to take care of rent for this month. I'm not mad about that. I get how we were taught, but he's the one that wants you to lend to many nations and not borrow. Amen. It's just a little bit different what he said and what we uh, decided to try to believe. And I did say that right to try to believe. Okay. He's greater. Okay? He, he wants you to enlarge your dwelling place. Okay? As, as you make more room, come on, y'all. As you make more room for God, you give him the ability to display his glory. Amen. He's not just trying to, to display uh, the, the place where you can say, we made it. Did he not make us more than conquerors? Amen. More than conqueror doesn't sound like barely get along. See? But we are going to have to uh, uh, enlarge our heart so that we can receive that, so that it becomes normal. Come on, come on. It becomes the same thing that happened in Peter's life. Peter was simply walking down the street going to the market to get some bread. And people saw Peter coming down the street, and they got healed from his shadow. Amen. Okay? Peter was not having a, a healing need. He was simply walking down the street, going from here to there. And when his shadow came in contact with people, people that do understand and perceive that the power of the Lord was present to heal, it said in all of them, it healed all of them, everyone that was uh, under attack from uh, uh, sickness, disease, weakness, or infirmity, everything that they had. These are are the truths that covenant supplies. I'm going to get into the place where we deal with the covenant connection that we have, that we've been invited into. See? Because then when you do that, you enter into that covenant connection, then you too will affect change in the people in your life. Not just you. You will affect change in the people in your life. Again, God told us, he said in Psalms 2, he said, ask me and I'll give you the heathen for your inheritance. He's given us the answer for the world. He's given us the the answer for people that aren't even in covenant yet. Because we can 
allow signs and wonders to be released through our lives, and those signs and wonders become invitations to those that don't know him. That's what it says. Signs and wonders are, are, and that's what Jesus did. When he came here, he released signs and wonders, and those signs and wonders were used as invitations. People were, were, were uh, the fame of him went abroad. They would say, Jesus is here. Jesus is going to this place. And they would have crowds coming because Jesus was there. And he was the covenant man of that time. And so because the covenant was released through him, because of the agreement that he made with the covenant promises, people were healed. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. Thank you, sir. The recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Wait a minute. These people that were receiving that, they, it didn't say that they were uh, uh, all Jews. Again, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Well, okay, we'll just do that. We'll just deal with that. To preach the gospel to the poor. First of all, one of the covenant promises of, 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 of the children of, of Israel was that God would make them the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, that they would lend unto many nations and not borrow. Wait a minute. He's preaching to the poor. That means that they're, that 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 means that that's people that are not connected to their covenant promise. Is that correct? If they're poor, first thing out the shoot that they got, they got uh, they got to be uh, the ones that would lend to many nations. If you will hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, these are the things. These blessings shall come upon you, and they will overtake you. So he's preaching to the poor. How did that happen? Okay? So that it was not that he just came for the, the chosen frozen. He's preaching to the poor. He sent him to heal brokenhearted. So, again, people that are connected to Jesus, those would not be brokenhearted people, would they? People whose dreams were dashed. Those would not be God's uh, selected people, would it? Because they had not to tell. Come on now. See, understand what Jesus was doing here. He was inviting people that did not have a place at the table. He sent me to preach deliverance to the captives. Come on. they They had disconnected from what God had already stated. It had gotten so bad that his people were in bondage. After come on, after being delivered in a mighty way, when they left it, when they left mm-hmm, mm-hmm, when they left Egypt, they took all of Egypt's spoils with them. The Bible says there was not a pole person among them. All right, let's just see what it is. Go to Acts. We might be able to come back, y'all. I don't know. Just trying to get y'all to see this. Acts chapter, I believe it's four. Hmm. Let's just see some things. <laughs> Let's just see something. 
All right, Acts chapter 4. Um, verse 33 and following. And with great power gave of the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Please read with me. Neither was there any among them that lacked. So we couldn't have had no Pope folk. Yes, is that correct? So this that let you know where God looks at it. He didn't want his people to be Pope. He said there was not how many, please help me out, there were not any that lacked. For as many that were possessors of houses and lands sold them and bought the prices uh, of those things that were sold. And they laid them down at the apostles' feet for distribution to be made to every man according to his need. So then they were, again, this is, we're going to go into Ananias and Fire later, but God was showing us that there was none among them that had lack. And in Exodus it says uh, that, that, that they were, uh, not only did they have lack, it was none of them sick. There was not a weak or feeble one among them. Not a weak or feeble one among them. Because he had told them, I am the Lord thy God that takes sickness and disease out of the midst of you. I'm the Lord that heals you. See? These are promises that God has already made. This is the covenant that he's already established. We just need to wake up and walk in it. See? But Jesus had to go back and remind them, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. It takes a special anointing. Now, y'all are so far away from this. Y'all are poor. Y'all are, 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 are heartbroken. Y'all are captive. Y'all are blind. Y'all are not at liberty. Y'all are bruised. And I came to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. To cause you to, 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 again, go back to that which is right. Go back to that which is holy, that which is completed. I, I need for y'all to, to, to do that with me. See? Because I intended for my blessing to be seen throughout the earth. That's the invitation that God has made us. We are the, the ones that give testimony of his goodness, give testimony of his grace, so that people will come out of the situations that they're facing. We're back there right now. The, the flow of God's goodness in the earth is being challenged in vision. It's not seen. In fact, it is so messed up now that we're looking to what we know as celebrities to try to mimic their lifestyle so that we can enjoy the good. But that's not what's supposed to be. God, Jesus is the one that's supposed to cause us to give testimony that's so grand that people will stop doing what they're doing and change kingdoms. <clears throat> because you've got to remember, Jesus told them to go make disciples of men, not make disciples <clears throat> of people that are kids, men. You've got to have some convincing arguments to make men stop trying to chase money. Amen. That's what he told us to do. Make disciples of men. Same thing. When Jesus came, uh, men 
left their businesses. They stopped being fishers of, 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 of fishers of fish, and they became fishers of men. Why? Because Jesus gave them a testimony that made the men say, okay, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, this is what we're supposed to do. Yeah, that's true. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be the head, not the tail. All Jesus was doing was awaking promises that they had already learned about. Amen. See? They had heard these things before. That promise had never went anywhere. They supposed to lend to many nations and not borrow. And so then, here we go. You feed 5,000 men. You get their attention. It didn't say you gave a little bit. It says they were all filled. You got their attention. See, the testimony that, that, that Jesus releases in our lives is the spirit of prophecy. It is what people are supposed to go into and enjoy. Oh, beloved, we've we, we got to get prepared for what's necessary in our day. In our day. People are hurting today, and Jesus has given us the answer. So then we need to learn to function in that answer and give an offering to those that see our good works. Because we have been called, we have been created in Christ Jesus to walk in good works that God had foreordained for us to walk in. Let's wake up and accomplish his will by surrendering to truth. But the choice is yours. Your way or God's way. God's waiting on you today. Father, we just bless you and praise you that you continually show us where we should be. Call us to the place of victory so that we can display glory, so that we can then, as Jesus was anointed, we can preach the gospel. We can cause the blind to see because we are making an offering of truth that would transform. Not just a a political connection or something to be emulated that feels good, but something that is good. Thank you, Father, that you are waking us up to that so that we can release your will in the earth. In these days, we give you praise, sir. We give you glory and honor. Committing it to you is done in the matchless name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who is Lord and Savior, and the redeemed of the Lord said together, amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. Well, again, beloved, we give you an opportunity now. Um, if, if you had any questions or comments about the ministry tonight, that you can uh, ask those questions or make those comments. So area code 678. Eight five one three three two two six seven eight eight five one three three two two. Any questions or comments about the ministry tonight? You have the mic. Six seven eight eight five one three three two two. You have the mic. And again, this is not the time just to 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 to, to go away or not to say something. Um, that's one of the ways you seal the ministry is that you go ahead and give testimony. But they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. Area code 678-851-3322. You have the mic. Any questions or comments about the ministry tonight? 
Amen. We do. Hello. Um, Go ahead. Hello, Go ahead. Pastor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brother Steve, this is Sharon Mitchell. The ministry was such a blessing. I was glad that I was able to catch it. Um, and I just want to know it really um, ministered to my heart, especially um, when you were talking about how God, when he died on the cross for our sins, that it covered it all, not just part of it, but all of it. And the way you expressed that, it just went deep down inside, that all of it, it's all. And he went over and beyond that. It didn't, he didn't just do it a little bit. He went over (laughs) that. So that was really a blessing. Thank you. I really appreciate this ministry tonight. Amen. Glad to have you on the call. Amen. Glad to have you on the call. That's what we're here for, is to just awaken us the thing that's already there. I haven't said something that you hadn't heard before, but to uh, go to the next level, that's kind of like why I'm here. And so uh, we look forward to um, your being on the call every Monday at 9 o'clock. Area code 312-330-4024. Area code 312-330-4024. You have the mic. Any questions or comments about the ministry tonight? Go ahead. Here we go, 312-330-4024. Any questions or comments about the ministry tonight? Again, we're glad to have you on the call. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, area code 404-536-7829. Area code 404-536-7829. You have the mic. Any questions or comments about the ministry tonight? Yes, I just enjoyed how you... I enjoy how you explained how you think about the word and and all that's that's there for us. It was a real blessing, so thank you. Amen. Amen. Again, that's what we're here for. Uh, we we just want to encourage you, and God then enlightens us because when 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 something goes over the air, I hear it the same time y'all hear it. Oh, yes, I know these things. I remember these things. But he connects them in such a way that now I can use them afresh, see, because he's the one that causes fresh oil. Amen. Okay, that's good, God. See, it's fresh oil so that I can deal with my fresh situation because stuff that I knew yesterday, I probably should have used it yesterday, but I didn't. But he gives fresh oil so that I can deal with the stuff that's right here, right now. And my victory is already, that's a whole topic, my victory is guaranteed. This is part one, and we'll get into part two, where we can actually uh, dig into uh, how covenant is set up, okay? Because, again, some of these things we have not thought about, uh, and even if we did, we didn't think about them at the level that we need to function in them. So um, uh, we look forward to to, uh, being here next week so we can find out what God's going to say. And if this ministry has been a blessing to you, um, then please go to the website, labdeliverance.com, and sow a seed here. So that that's the way we stay on the air is through your obedience and willing offerings because um, there are bills that have to be paid. And so we are asking you uh, to do what the Bible says, that if we have given unto you of our spiritual substance, there's no big thing that you should then give of your natural substance. So you can go to labdeliverance.com. And you can just sow a seed there, find the Donate tab, 
and um, we would really appreciate it, and we would continually uh, pray for you that the Lord would, would bless you, that he would cause his grace and favor to be seen, because as you give, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, press down, shake it together, and running over, men will give unto your bosom. You are opening the, the floodgates of God's provision in your life as you sow a seed here at LiveDeliverance.com. And again, if you would, go ahead and tell your friends, neighbors, people that might even be hurting and you don't want to see them hurt. Amen. You can just tell them to join us here every Monday at 9 o'clock at uh, LiveDeliverance.com here on Blog Talk Radio. So until the next time that we get together, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Until the next time. Love you. Be blessed.